Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad you're with us. Before we can talk any sports or basketball today, just a terrible situation uh, that has unfolded a little earlier this morning in downtown Louisville. Uh, WDRB reporting at least five dead, six hurt in a shooting at a downtown bank in Louisville. Just uh, to see that type of tragedy and that situation hit the national headlines, I guess, is something that we are somewhat used to these days, but to see it hit locally and where I sit right now here in Jeffersonville, just a few miles really from where our studio is at, uh, just reaches another level of tragedy to be quite honest. So to start the program today, at least a mention of that, uh, really a, a sad and unbelievable, terrible situation in Louisville to begin this new week uh, here on Monday with five dead and six hurt in downtown Louisville. So our thoughts and prayers go out to all of those affected. And of course, uh, the city of Louisville, this area as a whole, just a tough, tough thing to happen here locally. And uh, my my goodness, what a, what a way to start Monday. Uh, but glad to have you with us today. Uh, we do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. It's the off season, but my goodness, there's a lot going on with IU basketball in the transfer portal. And could Mike Woodson and this Indiana program be on the verge of one or two big gets this week from the transfer portal. It seems that that could be a real possibility. So we'll talk a lot about that today. There is a big name player that we spent a lot of time talking about late last week that uh, seems to be, unless we are getting totally fooled here, but seems to be on the verge, maybe as soon as tomorrow, uh, of committing to the Indiana program. So we'll talk some about that and lots more today. Let's look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some headlines out of the transfer portal and some other news and notes to mention here in this open segment. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He is always with us on Mondays as we talk the very latest in IU basketball. We might even touch in some football today, but boy, the transfer portal is popping, and uh, it's been a real off-season savior so far. If you're a fan or a media person like me, uh, it has uh, offered lots of headlines so far here in the early weeks of the off-season, so we'll cover that with Zach when he's with us. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Chad Gilbert. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown High School and the IHSA executive board member representing our area. Spring sports underway. New Albany appears to be really close, like maybe as soon as tonight, to confirming its next basketball 
basketball coach. And then there have been some interesting rumors about the Floyd Central job as well. So we'll cover that. We'll talk spring sports and more with Chad coming up later in the show today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go. And curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Send me a text, a question, a comment. It can be about IU, the transfer portal, maybe some IU football that we'll be getting into in the coming weeks, local sports, high school baseball is underway, and some coaches openings here in the area. 502-414-1450. Take out your phone and send me a text. We'll use it on the show today. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And one other thing I want to tell you right now here in the early moments of this show is the golf cart, the Big X Sports Radio golf cart. It's available. Uh, A lot of questions about it. It's going fast. This year's card features Park Mammoth, Old Capitol, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake down in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses. A lot of them are Indiana courses, by the way, UIU fans, for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf cart. Supply is limited. Get yours today. BigXSportsRadio.com is probably the easiest way. Again, BigXSportsRadio.com, or you can call 812-725-1457. Again, 812-725-1457. It's a great deal. It's an annual tradition. It's heavy of Southern Indiana courses, so if you're a regular listener on this side of the river and a fan of the Hoosiers and local sports, it probably will fit your uh, geographic area really well. So uh, check it out at BigXSportsRadio.com. Let's get into some headlines for today. Uh, first and foremost, um, big name, uh, Oregon transfer, Kellel Ware, expected to announce his decision out of the transfer portal on Tuesday. That is the report over the weekend from Adam Zagoria of Zag's blog. Kellel Ware, an NBA prospect, he's a seven-footer. Had a decent first season at Oregon, one of the biggest names in the portal. In fact, I think it's safe to say he was the biggest name through much of the uh, spring so far until Hunter Dickinson of Michigan entered the portal. That probably put him a little bit ahead of Kellel Ware as far as big names from college basketball in the transfer portal. But uh, Kellel took a visit to Indiana on Thursday. That visit continued on Friday. It was his first and only visit since he's been in the transfer portal. And uh, he was supposed to go down to Alabama, according to reports that I saw, but he did not make that trip. So he now has announced, uh, Zagoria reporting, his decision coming on Tuesday. So if you put two and two together, it sure seems that where is going to announce on Tuesday for the one school that he has actually visited, and that would be Indiana, although stranger things have happened. In this transfer portal world, you just never know in the world of recruiting in the portal these days, but it does seem likely that Indiana could be on the verge of picking up a huge name in the transfer portal. And if that happens, I think everybody needs to pause and give a lot of praise to Mike Woodson and the coaching staff because 
they have consistently hit the portal hard and hit recruiting hard and been able to make some good things happen when Indiana needed it most. And if you look at the roster for next season, Indiana needs a little love, a little support from that portal coming in immediately to help, and that's if Xavier Johnson receives a medical redshirt. There's a lot of thought that he will, but that has not happened yet. So you take Xavier Johnson as a key returner, and there are some other guys on the roster as well. But you add Ware to the mix, possibly one or two other names, Chris Ledlam of Harvard. Indiana seems to be in reasonable shape with him. He also was in Bloomington over the weekend, so a really good weekend for the IU coaches to have some folks on campus. They appear to be in good shape with Ware, could be in good shape with Ledlam as well. I tell you what, you talk about some momentum in the transfer portal, if Indiana could land where tomorrow and then land Ledlam, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities uh, later this week, that would put Indiana really on the uptick and maybe could help them with another player or two from the portal as they look to round out the roster for next season. So still a ton of questions to be answered for IU basketball next year. Anytime you lose Trace Jackson Davis, who wasn't just a stat freak and an efficient player and, gosh, left Indiana with so many career marks, but also someone with the talent and most of the time consistent production that Jalen hood Shafino brought to the team, those are two humongous holes. And then you factor in some other losses as well. Uh, so a lot to replace, but Kellel Ware should make you a little bit more easy this summer, this offseason, especially if they could add him and Ledlam and a few others. I think Indiana will be an unknown in some ways in the Big Ten for next year, but adding Ware and adding Ledlam and adding some others perhaps could uh, see them crawl up to a reasonable level, a reasonable projection uh, for the Big Ten Conference, but definitely a lot of unknown with this team right now. Uh, Ware would be a huge addition, and we'll see how things play out for him on Tuesday, and then we'll see if there's any other movement from the transfer portal a little bit later in the week as well. But I tell you what, keeping up with the transfer portal, I thought recruiting was hard because the coaches are able to recruit so young now. The transfer portal is just ridiculous. Absolutely crazy how it works. Absolutely crazy the number of uh, players that have entered the portal. Uh, It seems like everywhere you turn, somebody, even walk-ons are entering the portal. Even small college players are entering the portal trying to see what can happen. And it's really got the high school recruiting term upside down. I was talking with a couple high school coaches over the weekend, not from this area, but from another spot in Indiana, and they were talking about just how different recruiting has been the last couple of years for seniors on their rosters that aren't surefire big-time players. If you're up in the air or you're a mid-major or low-major D1 player, this transfer portal has really wreaked havoc on a lot of high schoolers and their dream to get to Division One basketball, that is for sure. A couple other things to mention um, from the transfer portal uh, of interest to Haley Van Lith of Louisville Basketball. She became a big star with a big presence here in our Kentuckiana market and beyond. She had some great NIL deals. She had a deal with Adidas uh, and a wonderful career, it seemed like, at Indiana, and she was set to come back for another season. I think that is what everybody thought, but that is not the case. Uh, She entered the transfer portal over the weekend, and I feel like I'm always learning something new about this portal that we talk so much about because according to reports, and I think it was our friend Jody Dimling I saw with the report, she checked a box when she entered the portal, basically it sounds like, that asked she not be contacted by schools. 
which I didn't even know that was a possibility for you to do that. So it sounds like a player leaving school A can request not to be contacted, basically a do not call, do not text list from other college coaches, which would have to believe lead, lead you to believe that she has her next destination in line. So uh, where is she going to go? Is she going to go out west? Uh, you know, there have been jokes about would she come to Indiana and join Terry Morin's program? Would she go team with Caitlin Clark for next season? Or maybe she would go down south to LSU. She's going to be one of the really interesting players to watch in the transfer portal. And you would expect if she's asked to not be contacted by college coaches that she already has the future lined out for herself. So we'll see how that plays out as well. Another name in the portal, Caden Shedrick. I think we talked a little bit about him last night. He had Indiana on his list. There was mentions he might take a visit to Bloomington. He announced yesterday he's down to five schools, Duke, Texas, Missouri, Kansas State, and Xavier. So IU not on the list for him. Also, a couple other just interesting notes from the portal. Uh, Chase Audige of Northwestern, who seemed to always have some really solid games against Indiana. He has entered the NBA draft but will not have an agent and will retain his college eligibility. So that will be interesting to see. And Penn State new coach Mike Rhodes, who came in from VCU, he was able to get one of his top players, his best player from VCU, Ace Baldwin, to transfer over from the portal to Penn State. He was the Atlantic 10 Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year as well, averaging 12.7 points and almost six assists per game. So a big get for the new Penn State coach who is trying to build on the momentum that Coach Shrewsbury had there as well. But just a number of things from the transfer portal over the weekend uh, that were headlines and that I wanted to mention here in this first segment. Also, this is a good story. We'll see how it works. But uh, Dusty May, Southern Indiana native, Florida Atlantic coach who uh, led his team to the Final Four, he signed a 10-year extension With FAU, it was announced officially over the weekend by FAU. There were reports going into the Final Four that he had agreed in principle uh, to a new agreement. He was not going to be on the active market looking for a coaching job, at least this offseason, a high major position. But he's made a big commitment to re-up for 10 years. Now, there's always a buyout. And at a school like Florida Atlantic, the buyout's never going to be what it would be like at Indiana or a traditional high major blue blood type school. So if something comes along that strikes Coach May's fancy, the opportunity is always there for that buyout to happen. But it is interesting, and I think just kind of a statement of who Dusty May is, that after this great run, all the publicity, he's got some great players that should come back unless they hit the transfer portal. He signed a 10-year deal uh, with FAU, and it's going to be interesting if he stays there what he could possibly build this program into. So that's kind of a fun sidebar story to, to watch, but definitely interesting to see Coach May choose to stay at uh, Florida Atlantic, that's for sure. High school basketball, there's a school board meeting tonight in Floyd County, and it sounds like New Albany has found their new coach. We'll uh, hold off on mentioning a name, but it's been widely speculated across the community that it 
will be somebody that has been a high school basketball coach for a number of years in Indiana that's going to come here to the south from the opposite side, from the northern part of the state. And so it does seem like New Albany tonight will confirm their new head coach to replace Jim Shannon after his 25 years. And we'll tell you all about it on our Tuesday program. Also, Floyd Central, um, I can basically confirm to you that they have not, <clears throat> excuse me, they have not hired a coach yet. But I mentioned, if you recall, a few weeks ago, there was a former IU player. That name had been being mentioned. I didn't, didn't name the player because I wasn't exactly sure of the level of interest either way. But I can tell you, A.J. Moye was uh, at Floyd Central recently. We can only assume uh, that was to interview for the open boys basketball job that is there. So uh, A.J.'s had a, a, a career, or I should say a history in coaching and some skill development work around travel basketball and those things. I think he also has been a high school coach before and been involved with the scholastic side of basketball also. But uh, that obviously would be a very interesting name to add to the area. A.J. Moye would come in with somebody that, uh, as somebody that would be widely recognized by IU fans and basketball people across the area. So interesting to see as New Albany gets in the final stages of making their decision there that Floyd Central also working toward potentially. This is all just potential. I can only tell you he was at the school. I can't confirm he interviewed or anything else. But A.J. A.J. Moye would appear to be a candidate for the Floyd Central boys basketball job as well. It's been a crazy season of openings at the high school level. North Harrison, South Central, West Washington, uh, New Washington, others as well in the area. Just a very busy year and lots of behind-the-scenes movement there for sure as some of these coaches come and go to different places. All right, that's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. Send in your text on the Thornton's text line, that number 502 414-1450 again 502-414-1450 send us a text we'll get it on the air you're listening to a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star going to join us, and you can join the conversation as well. The text line, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach, a lot of fans are excited about the potential addition of a seven-footer from Oregon. Kellel Ware was on the IU campus last week for an official visit. Uh, reports indicated he would go to Alabama after his visit at Indiana concluded, and uh, other reports indicated he did not make that trip. Uh, is Indiana potentially on the verge of a big get out of the transfer portal coming as soon as maybe Tuesday afternoon? Uh, I've learned over the years um, never to get to never to uh, uh, declare anything final until it is actually final. 
Um, but things have seemed to move in a, a very sort of firm direction for Indiana with Kalel Ware, and I think, by all accounts, his visit went well. Of course, the, the sort of we've all seen enough recruiting, you know, down the years when, to see the timing of canceling of the visit, at least not publicly adding another visit, and then setting a timetable for a decision. Um, all that tends to kind of head in, in, in one direction. And you can also understand, I know there were a lot of people that sort of thought, well, you know, why is it not going to happen over the weekend? Well, listen, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not saying he's coming to Indiana. I'm not going to guarantee that to anybody, but um, it's Easter weekend. I mean, like the, the, there's an extent to which um, you're reminded that people have lives outside of, of, of basketball and, you know, um, there's every chance he just wants to spend some time with his family, but it would be a big, a big ad for, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm doing a little bit of a cold. It would be a big ad for Indiana. Um, top 10 player in the 2022 class went to Oregon. I know didn't, didn't kind of always click in Oregon, but I think in particular, if you look at, um, you know, the, the sort of the numbers where I think Indiana would, would like to see him the most uh, right away. Strong turnover rate, very good rebounder, could probably get better at the offensive end given his size and wingspan. Um, very good block rate. Um, did not commit a lot of fouls, and, and you know, I, I don't think Oregon is necessarily the most aggressive team defensively, so it's a little bit different. But two and a half fouls per committed per 40 minutes is a very solid number when you consider where some of Indiana's front court players were. Um, at times last season. So there's a lot of tools to work with there. And then, you know, potentially, I mean, a player that shot 27% on 55 three-point attempts, potentially a, a, a bit more offensive versatility. Um, if Indiana can really kind of round out his game, I think a, a player that ticks a lot of boxes for Indiana if he does wind up committing. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. It seems that, especially here in the last week or so, Indiana has been very successful in at least wooing the interest of some of the top players from the portal, uh, where obviously is the biggest name. He's seven foot and, you know, NBA type player. At least his projections have been that throughout his high school career. And then even uh, Chris Ledlam of Harvard, who's one of the more tried and true tested guys in the portal. He was really good at the mid-major level for Harvard. He was on campus uh, this weekend as well in Bloomington and seems to have a very serious interest uh, in Indiana. So Mike Woodson, Yasir Roseman, Kenya Hunter, the coaches. Uh, I know it's never uh, official till it's signed, sealed, and delivered, but they have really made a splash as far as getting involved and getting reciprocal interest from some of the biggest names in the transfer portal so far this offseason. And, and players who I think, I mean, Indiana's got other needs too, and we can talk about Dalton Connects, the, the, the big guard from Northern Colorado, but, but, you know, players will see what Indiana's been able to do in terms of player development, things like that. You know, we, we talk a lot about Jalen Shafino and, you know, will that open the, the door for other guards to go to Indiana and, and, you know, follow that sort of career path? There's no reason Chris Ledlam, as an example, different player. He's a forward. He's six foot six, much more kind of a three, four hybrid, um, uh, you know, type player. Um, you know, Ledlam can still look at a player like Joe Gifino and say, well, if they can make him better, you know, if they can make him into a, a borderline lottery pick, maybe a lottery pick, we'll see where he lands. 
if they can take Trace Jackson Davis, who was, you know, probably, you know, fringe second rounder a couple of years ago for all of his his accomplishments in his first two seasons and, and make him a player that, you know, if he's not going to be picked in the first round, he's probably not going to last very long after that because of how many different elements he added to his game. There's no reason, I think, why a player like Chris Ledman or Kalel Ware wouldn't look at Indiana and say, well, maybe they could do some of that for me too. And, um, you know, by – obviously you can't offer NIL in, in – um, NIL opportunities as inducements. You can't say, if you commit to Indiana, we will get you, you know, $500,000 in, in NIL deals. Obviously, I think we all, number one, recognize there's a lot of gray area in there. But even in, in the most fundamental sense, all you got to do if you're Kalel Ware, for example, is just ask Ray Thompson, ask Jalen Huchifino, ask Trace Jackson Davis, what kinds of opportunities were available, available for you here because you were an Indiana basketball player. And while people don't like talking in firm numbers, um, I have, from conversations with people outside Indiana, outside even kind of college basketball, but more from the sort of the agency and representation side of it, if you will, uh, because remember a lot of these players um, can and do uh, retain representation from uh, NCAA certified agents while they're still in college. So, the, the, you know, people like the organizations like CAA and, and, and stuff like that, they, they have an, at least kind of an idea of, you know, a, a, a viewpoint on what's going on. Um, my understanding for a while has been that Indiana, from a team-wide perspective, has one of the better sort of NIL infrastructure setups, both in terms of opportunities and also in terms of just sort of the the ease of use of it, the support that's there, the the guidance, the you know the, the the help for student athletes with things like contracts and you know I mean all the way down to like in Indiana it's not the only place that does this. I know Kentucky does too, but almost kind of vetting you know outside opportunities to be able to say you know to, basically to make sure athletes don't wind up in deals where they get screwed. Um, and so if you're a, a player like Chris Ledlam or, or somebody like that, then there's no reason why that wouldn't be appealing to you as well. And I think that that's, that's obviously, as you said, Indiana's got to close the door on, on some of these recruitments. But I think that is a big part of, um, uh, a big part of why you're seeing Indiana, you know, sort of with a lot of traction for some of these players. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star here on this Monday edition of the program. As we start to think about the potential for new faces, new additions to the roster for next season, obviously when you go to that roster right now, there are some big holes, some big missing pieces with Trace and Race and Jalen hood Shafino and others as well. That said, um, Xavier Johnson is already in the program and in a bit of limbo right now. He's in the middle of a medical red shirt appeal process, we understand. I know that no one knows for sure which direction that's going to go, although there has been some thought that there's maybe some precedence that he could get another year. Any idea of a time frame on when a decision could be made and when perhaps Indiana will let folks know? I don't think Indiana has a firm time frame based on what I've um, been able to kind of ferret out. But what I would say is um, my understanding, you know, from, and I spoke to just a few people I know, again, kind of outside Indiana, two or three people that are just kind of very familiar with the world of compliance. 
um, and and just kind of basically familiar with the, if you want to say the corner of the store, metaphorically speaking, of the athletics department slash the Big Ten and so forth that, that would be dealing with this. Um, the The consensus I got was that there is an expectation that these things move fairly quickly. And, and the reason why is because everybody, you know, it's, it's unfair to make anybody kind of live in the, the limbo of it all. That if, if you're going to tell Indiana that, you know, their best player is, or not their best player, but he might, I mean, he might be their best player, but certainly as your starting point guard, he's their most important returning player. is not going to be eligible and Indiana needs time to go figure out what they're going to do instead. If maybe even more fundamentally than that, you're going to tell Xavier Johnson he can't have a sixth year, then you need to tell him as expediently as possible because he's got to make plans for life after basketball. He's got to figure out clearing for the draft. I don't know. I To be honest, I don't know if Johnson has representation right now or not, but if he doesn't, he needs to tell me to go find some and all those things. Um, you know, the, the most – relevant, and you and I may have discussed this before, I'm not sure, the most relevant recent comparison to Johnson's situation is Jordan Bohannon, um, who got a sixth year. He got the sixth year two years before he needed it, if that makes sense. Um, because he kind of think he basically, if we're, if we're thinking about this in terms of eligibility clock years, he kind of used a COVID, he used, or excuse me, he used a sixth year, and then he used his COVID year. Um, to go for to play six years of college because his 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 eligibility waiver granted him the right to come back for the 2020-2021 season. Then that season was given back to everyone, so he took that and went came back for 2022. Johnson would kind of be doing that in reverse, if that makes sense. Um, but Bohannon got his waiver in May. I want to say May 12th of 2020. It is worth pointing out that that was almost certainly delayed by COVID because everything got shut down and it was about a month at least before um, the conference office kind of geared back up again and, and started, you know, finding a way to resume normal operations. So my point is um, that timeline, I've seen some people citing that it's really important to contextualize that timeline with the fact that from, you know, mid-March until mid-late April, there was basically nothing going on at the Big Ten office. Um, certainly not the, the day-to-day process of figuring out something like Jordan Bohannon's eligibility. So um, my point here is I would expect something relatively soon, but I don't think anybody's got a complete and firm um, update on that yet. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Uh, boy, a busy time. The transfer portal, uh, it just dominates the headlines uh, at the conclusion of the college basketball season. Before we let you go, I do want to flip gears for a moment and talk a little bit of football. I know there's a lot of recruiting activity right now going on with the football program, and obviously we're in the spring. It's April, so football beginning to take shape. But an early prognosis, an early thought on IU football for next year and uh, what they could be and where they could fall in the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to say, to be honest. And I think there's, you know, having been to a handful of spring practices now, um, I, I do think there's some genuine promise for this team. I really like their running back group. 
Uh, Josh Anderson and Jalen Lucas are back, and Christian Turner, who's a Wake Forest transfer, is in the fold. Um, I think if, if as long as Cam Camper can get healthy at receiver, you know, he tore the ACL last year, and he can kind of be the anchor around which a lot of other guys can kind of grow into roles. I think they've got a good receiver group this year. It's going to be bolstered by some good transfers. Um, and a couple guys that, that played sparingly as freshmen last year, but I think have, have really sort of taken a step up. Defensively, you know, it's, it's, it's going to look very different. Like there's going to be a lot of names missing that have been household names the last two, three years, just because guys graduated, they went under the draft, they ran out of eligibility. Um, but I think Indiana's done a good job plugging holes with, um, with some pretty, pretty good looking transfers. Ultimately, uh, the thing that I can't grade until I see Indiana operate against other teams, Indiana's got to be better up front on both sides of the ball. I think defensively they have added some really promising pieces. Um, I think there's a couple young guys that have taken meaningful steps forward. I think there's transfers that are really going to help them. I think getting a guy like Aaron Casey back at linebacker was very important. He, he elected to take his COVID year and come back for one more year of college uh, football. And offensively, you've obviously got uh, – sorry, my, my Alexa is talking to me. I apologize. <laughs> um, it sort of freaked me out. I was like, is somebody in my house right now? Um, um, the Offensively, you've got Bob Bostad, who Indiana hired as the offensive line coach. Uh, he was let go during the coaching change at Wisconsin – but obviously, if you look at his track record at Wisconsin, um, you know, perennially very good offensive lines there. Can he get that group playing well again? Because I think if we're being honest with ourselves, Indiana's offensive line has really not found consistent, you know, let's say positive production across the course of several games or an entire season since 2019. Even that 2020 season, some really good moments. But also, if you go back and look at it with a, you know, sort of a keener eye, some some moments when that offensive line struggled. Um, I think if those two areas of the field, offensive and defensive line, have taken meaningful steps forward this offseason, I think a lot else, including possibly quarterback, where Indiana's in all likelihood going to be starting a redshirt freshman, whether it's David Jackson or Brendan Soresby. Um, even quarterback, I think, resolves itself a little bit if the if Indiana is better along both lines, but for different reasons on defense because they need some freshmen to step up and some transfers to reinforce, and on offense because, quite frankly, that they need the group that they have to just gel together a lot better under their new offensive line coach. That's got to happen before I can really stay with any confidence that Indiana is going to make more noise this year. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us Mondays on the program. We talk IU basketball and more. Zach, thanks. We'll talk with you next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach with us to start the week here from an IU perspective. We'll head to a commercial break and come back and talk some local sports. Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School and IHSAA executive board member is going to be with us here in just a few minutes. Some coaches, openings in the area, spring sports and more coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Chad Gilbert is my guest. Chad, the athletic director at Charlestown High School and also an IHSA executive board member for Southern Indiana. Chad, spring sports are here. There are some coaches openings in the area that could be, should be filled soon, and so there's never a slow time in high school sports either. Thank God, though, Chad, at least as of uh, 2023, we don't have a transfer portal for high school sports. I hope we never get to that point. Matt, it is an exciting time. You know, the weather's great this week, a great opportunity for our spring sports athletes to be on display, to be showcased. You know, a lot goes on with football. You know, we've got winter with basketball, everything going on. Now's an opportunity for communities to really get out, a great week of weather, and just check out your local softball teams, your baseball teams, your track teams, tennis teams, golf teams, um, just to, you know, just kind of show the support for those kids as well. It's uh, we've got a big, big contest with big Mid Southern Conference implications tonight. Is our softball team led by uh, head coach Joe Witten? Joe used to be the coach at Floyd Central. A lot of success at Floyd Central girls softball. Went to IUS was the girls coach for several years. We are lucky to have Coach Witten out here and uh, does an outstanding job. Has put us in a great position tonight to play Silver Creek at home for an opportunity to really be in the driver's seat of Mid Southern Conference in this early season. So we're excited about that. We hope we have a big crowd to enjoy our wonderful facilities, Matt. I know we've talked about that, but I'm so proud of our outdoor facilities here at Charlestown High School that uh, I hope we have a big crowd out tonight to just kind of support our kids, support our teams. Absolutely. Some good weather this week, and I know that's an AD's dream at this time of year. Chad, I mentioned earlier New Albany, Floyd Central, two local schools, very important schools in our basketball landscape, looking for a head coach. New Albany, it appears, will officially name their coach at a school board meeting this evening. And I mentioned a former IU player that uh, there's been some connection to the Floyd Central job. Maybe you could take us behind the scenes in the role of an athletic director when a key position comes open in a sport that really matters in our area, uh, what's it like for an AED? How do you navigate through those times, and uh, what are some of the steps you take to make sure you're doing a search throughout the area or maybe the state and beyond to find the best candidate you can to fit your school in that sport? You know, first off, Matt, when you think about this, have you seen this many jobs? Crazy. Open in southern Indiana, in our little Harrison Park and Floyd County area down here. Uh, I, I think I counted nine. Wow. I mean, that's just a lot of basketball jobs, you know, to try to fill. You know, you, you know you're going to get your one or two every year where guys have just had enough. Uh, where um, sometimes they've, they've ran the course. Uh, other times, you know, guys have moved on. But to have nine in this area, then you take it up to Indianapolis. Where you've got you know Perry Meridian, Southport, Warren Central, Mount Vernon, uh, Pike, just to name a few off the top of my head, that's a lot of 
big time jobs open, Matt. And that says a couple of different things. One is, you know, in five years, who's going to be ADs? Who's going to be coaching? You know, it used to be you went to school to be an athletic director. You went to school to be a coach. You went to be a school to, you know, be a, a teacher or be a, so you could coach. Those days are done. I mean, it's, it's hard telling where we're going to be at. Hopefully things will take a turn in the right direction. Um, and just see who's going to be here in five years to, to fill these jobs. It could be a point that, you know, high school coaches are either one, they may be making their own contracts, or two, nobody may even care, which is sad, and I hope that's not the case. I've got a first grader, and I've got a third grader, and I hope they get to experience the same type of Indiana high school competitiveness. You know, not just in all sports, not just um, – basketball but in all sports that you and I grew up on but you know to answer your question I know I got off on a little bit tangent there in a, in a high profile job like that let, let's use you know we could use Floyd Central for example I'm sure that well, well let's use Charlestown for example when we had these things you know I've got a list of people that I think would be great to have that job next it's not a uh, next up list by any means it's a hey, who would be a good a good fit here? They may turn me. They may say no, we don't want to do this. Uh, Matt Lynch turned me down twice, and before we could reel him in, it may be something that uh, they have a different opportunity. They're in a better situation, but I think you got to have an idea of what you're going after. Two, if none of that works, you got to have an idea of what's your best fit based on who's applied for the job, and in a lot of cases. Um, You've got to see, all right, this may be the best coach, but do they fit our personnel? Do they fit our community? Do they fit our school? And that's something that you really got to look for come in. Two, and the last thing in that one is, is I think you got to have some stakeholders involved where there's some input in of what we're looking for to coach, what's going to take us to that next level. Because you want to have someone who has the same mission, the same desires, the same goals, as you, your principal, your, your superintendent, and your student body have, you know, in order to reach those things, you've all got to be in that, on that same um, mission, which creates that culture in your school. Is that coach going to disrupt that culture? Is that coach going to be able to get along with other coaches? Luckily at Charleston, I feel like we've got great people in that are in these head coaching spots that believe in that culture that we follow here and uh, an opportunity to really uh, – take some steps forward in the upcoming years. Chad Gilbert, my guest here in this Monday edition of the program. Chad, uh, you talk about filling jobs. Gosh, to hear you rattle off not just some of the local names, which I think we all pretty much know about, but to hear you list off some of those big programs in the Indianapolis area or central Indiana, uh, you combine just our three counties here and some of those jobs you mentioned I've got to believe, and I, I don't have any research of this, I could think of somebody maybe that would, we could ask, but uh, maybe a record number of job openings, it sure seems that way across the state. It's it's just amazing what's open and some of the powerhouse traditional type programs that are open this off season. Well, Matt, typically you get a lot of this uh, rumblings and postings start about right now. We're starting to fill jobs right now, and it's um, – you know, you think about the IBCA Coaches Clinic, the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. That's where stuff starts to kind of shake down a little bit, and I think that's coming up here in a couple of weeks where guys can kind of figure out where they're going to move. They're asking about certain jobs, asking about players, asking about their 
feeder system. So, so much goes into it as a coach of what you're looking for, whether you're a good fit for that program as well. And you, I think there's a record, record number right now of jobs this early. Let's say some of these jobs have domino effects where maybe the coach at um, Charlestown would leave and go be the coach at Floyd Central. Now Charlestown's looking for a boys' coach. Charlestown may steal the coach from uh, Clarksville. Now Clarksville's looking for a coach. You know, you can see how the domino effects trickles down and how that could lead into a str- to a long drawn out process. And with summer, you know, on the on the verge of tipping here, where you play your games or you have your youth camps, it's important you get stuff in and get these things buttoned up. I would think a minimum. To hire a coach once you get your process underway, once you get it approved by the school board, once you get everything ironed out, I think you're looking at five weeks, you know, once your job's posted to get someone in after you let it post for two weeks and see who else applies, who's interested, if your guys are interested, see if they're not interested. And and it's tedious, but it's also stressful on an athletic director because you want to make the best decision you can in order to put your school in a position to be successful, Matt. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert with us here on Mondays. Chad, uh, we enter a time where basketball uh, isn't as available. Uh, NBA, the regular season, wrapping up. I know playoffs, at least in my opinion, help maybe up my interest in in that sort of basketball, professional basketball. I'm just, as we close out today, I'm just amazed, Chad, at this transfer portal in college sports. It produces headlines almost every hour, every day, on Easter, on holidays, uh, weekdays, weekends. It is amazing the number of players, really good ones, mediocre ones, ones that maybe you wonder if Division One is even for them. It's amazing how many players are entering this thing. Uh, Matt, I, I'm not – I don't know if this is the right way that, that college sports is going down the right road on this. With this and NILs, I think it's creating – a, a mess. I don't know uh, the ins and outs. Somebody's much, 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 much smarter than I am. We'll know those, and we'll hopefully it'll work out. But it's like the old bass games, you know, with the little red birds. Get your programs. You don't know your player without a program, <laughs> and that's what it's going to be like next year. Absolutely, Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Thank you, Chad. Matt, appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for starting dance sports. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap things up for Monday. Again, our thoughts and prayers to all the folks in Louisville. Just a horrific uh, story and scene this morning. Uh, Definitely not the way to start a work week for sure. Our thoughts and prayers to the city of Louisville. Have a great Monday. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.